Hey friends, we are doing another podcast. It is the Incredible Hulk Podcast, and on this episode, we're talking to Andy Scherf. He is the Director of Human Resources at MLive, uh, where I work. And uh, I wanted to have him on because, um, one, he's just a super fun guy to talk to, and two, he has such great insight on um, navigating through uncertain times as a business, as a culture, and as a company that I thought you guys would uh, get a lot of value out of this. So, I hope you enjoy this as much as I enjoy this. And for a Monday, um, I think it's a great way to start your Monday. So without further ado, this is the Incredible Hulk Podcast. There are aspects of my personality that I can't control. Don't make me angry. You wouldn't like me when I'm angry. The Incredible Hulk Podcast. Now might be a really good time for you to get angry. That's my secret. I'm always angry. I'm on television to believe that one day we'd all be millionaires and movie gods and rock stars. But we won't. The Incredible Hulk. Besides, nobody's getting hurt. Podcast. Maybe if I can control it, I can use it. Hear the music. Hey, friend, how are you? Doing well. How are you? I am excellent. Excellent. Um, so yeah, we'll just we'll just jam for a couple minutes because uh, I, I really would love to pick your brain about um, how you know two two things. One, like how employees can help other employees, and two. Now more than ever, I think we need leaders of companies to figure out that people probably need some sort of virtual hugs, you know? Yeah, it, it's kind of a, it's such a crazy flip that I've been talking to other HR resources about this too, is leadership has kind of changed overnight without, you know, really any reason other than the coronavirus. We weren't prepared for this. We weren't prepped for this. Um, and how do you... Um, lead in a time of uncertainty where we really don't know the answers. And, you know, I look at MLive's own personal sens- situation of having uh, Tim come on board. And I told him yesterday, I said, you know, I think this is actually helping. You know, people are seeing your face every day. Um, you know, they're seeing your energy and your spirit that I think would take months um, in a normal situation. And so uh, in some ways, there's a lot of negative to it. But then we're trying to find some of that positive uh, oh, and as well. I would echo that. I mean, I said to Jamie, like, I didn't obviously didn't know him at all. Right. Prior yeah. to this. And then you see almost instantaneous. I was I was doing a podcast with a buddy of mine a couple of days ago. Like these are situations that expose leadership. Right. Like you either. You either rise to the occasion or you're woefully underprepared for it. And I, I think to your point, in the last week, we've learned more about us as a team and him as a leader than we would in probably two years. Yeah, it, it's been crazy. And I think, um, you know, you talk about the the virtual hug thing, which has been something I've really been thinking about is, you know, but part of my job is to think about the business and how are people aligned with that and making sure that the, the company's in a good position, making sure our employees are in a good position and merging those two worlds together. Um, but, you know, I can't tell you the amount of calls that I'm getting of, you know, what's going on in people's personal lives. You know, like my friends are losing their job. Yep. Uh, you probably have friends who are losing their job. And this is so emotional and so personal that nobody ever prepped me or leaders to handle these types of emotions. And I think you've probably seen it is you're probably seeing more of my personality than I've really exposed to MLive uh, in the past few years because it's such an emotional journey. And we're all in this together. So I I have abide by this principle that light attracts light. So I feel like if I put light out into the world, light will reciprocate back to me. And I've tried to apply that 
specifically more in the last few weeks as we've gone through this together and checking in on people who I know are going through a tough time and, you know, using our cameras, which, you know, you're a radio guy um, uh, by nature, but, um, or I guess in the beginning, you've evolved a lot <laughs> since then, but you, uh, you know, more than anyone, like the power of video uh, and how hesitant we were to use that in the workplace. And now we're all having like fun with it. And we were so like awkward about it before. And sure. now we're all kind of making the most of it. And so like, I mean, from your standpoint, um, what have you seen from like videos and as kind of like bringing this like uh, comfort back to us a little bit? Well, it's I think it's bringing a comfort back, Andy. And I also think uh, specific to our organization and, you know, I want to bring as much universality into this so people can yeah. use it. But like in our organization, I'm sure other larger organizations, I'm seeing people come kind of come out of their shell that I've probably never seen speak in six years right like we've yeah. been in large groups we've done town halls we've done whatever and then there'll, there'll be the, that pocket of humans that never say anything who are now starting to share and you're connecting with uh, a specific with the way our organization is set up with essentially 10 offices across the state of Michigan and here in Grand Rapids we've got we have one in Grand Rapids and then we have Walker and they might yeah. as well be one in Grand Rapids and one in Alaska, right? Cause like the amount <laughs> yeah. of times you go to Walker, but, um, this has been fun to kind of see people come out of their shells and my favorite thing. And I don't know if you've done this cause I haven't really been paying attention, but to kind of every day we do a 9am touch base and I tend to sneak in at about eight fifty two and just be quiet. And just watch yeah. people kind of have conversations, which is super fun to see because that's where I'm seeing those people kind of come out of their shell that, uh, you know, you you have no touch point with. Yeah, it, and it's almost like we've modified our conference call behavior to kind of fit fill the void for our social needs. Yep. So, you know, I think we all, you know, have hated large uh, conference calls. You know, we sent that video around of, you know, the, the fails of conference calls that people make. <laughs> right. And we're not making those. If you notice, like, it's all kind of like people are like, Oh, like we're going to have fun with this. But then when it's time to get serious, we'll get serious, but also we're human beings. And so it's like those fails have kind of gone away and people are just evolving faster than, I ever thought we would. I mean, you have people working from home right now that have never worked from home in their life. Yep. You know, di didn't think they could do it up until we started disaster planning. They didn't have a laptop ever in their life. And then we're flying laptops in all over the country and we say, okay, here you go, go work from home. And a lot of the questions I get are, I don't know how to do this. And the anxiety that that gives them of having to work from home, that's been another thing we were we were not prepared for. We thought everyone wanted to work from home. And, you know, because every we, every survey says that's all they want to do. Right. I need more flexibility. I want to work from home. And then then you break, spring it on them. And it's like, no, 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 I'm not ready. I don't have a desk. I don't have a chair. What do I do? Um, and. You know, when we were in meetings, I just said, we will figure this out, you know, like th this stuff we don't have to worry about. But what we have to worry about is the psyche and the mindset of people, you know, the ancillary stuff will get done. And I think the amount of stuff going on in this world right now, that is what I'm trying to keep such a close eye on is the the state of mind of individuals and how they're doing. Um, and that's really just been a, a focus area. And I think you have even seen that for yourself and other people. Uh, yeah, I would absolutely say that. So can can we quickly kind of take a step back, right? Because to your point, you yeah. just you just said even for our own own organization, you, we're kind of seeing Andy for the first time, right? Um, yeah. Like how did how did you land in HR? Like what was that what was that trajectory that got you to here? You know. 
Yeah, so I did. Um, I was I went to Western Michigan, um, graduated in two thousand seven, and I was taking organizational communication, and I didn't quite know what that was going to lead me to. Um, and I got an internship uh, with an HR company that was outsourced, so we were a provider of different HR services, and so I was talking to these HR people about what they were doing and for their employees and stuff like that. And I said, Oh, well that, that sounds like what I've been trained for, but nobody ever said, Oh, by the way, you could go into HR for this. Sure. Um, and so I decided at that point I wanted to be in a internal HR department. I didn't want to be outsourced because you're really not dealing with people. You're just kind of an administrator. Um, and at, in 2007, if you remember, there were no jobs in Michigan for college graduates at that time. You know, we had kind of hit the recession before everyone else. And I moved to Denver with a buddy, and I got a job with a public accounting firm at 23, and they gave me my own office uh, and in charge of an HR department for um, for that office by myself. My boss was in Beverly Hills. I really only had about one year of HR experience, and you know, I don't know how I got this job. I look back at it, and it was a miracle. <laughs> And since then, you know, I've had different, um, I've always been in HR ever since I've graduated with, which is kind of rare to do the same thing you've been doing since you graduated with after, you know, almost 14 years. Um, and I, it just kind of evolved and have climbed the HR ladder, but have always been uh, on the employee facing side versus, you know, you could specialize in benefits or sure. payroll and yep. stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. Um, and then uh, I got into media uh, at the Denver Post parent company. And that was kind of my foray into news media, uh, which eventually um, I left there to come back to Michigan to be closer to family uh, with my wife and, um, you know, ended up at MLive, which uh, was kind of where I wanted to be. I had been poking around for a while saying, like, you know, I want to be at MLive. And so uh, our content leaders will tell you I read every article and I always did before I started here. Uh, so I think part of that personality that you see coming out is you're blending what I love you know, about what we do and with our love of our people. And I don't think I've ever really cared about an organization as much as I've cared about what we do and the, the institution that we provide for the communities. So how are you, so how are you managing through this? Right. Cause th what I knew about you prior to the coronavirus, right. Was that you cared deeply about what we were doing. And when you immediately <laughs> set you in your basement and say, this is, this is the extent of human contact how does how yeah. does somebody who wants to be on the people side of hr like how do you stay that beacon of light like you said you know light attracts light how do you yeah. stay positive like what are you doing to, for yourself you know it, i i had sent you that harvard business uh, review article that um john heiner our vice president of content has sent me because i was i was feeling these emotions and i i didn't know what they were but it was i wasn't you know as positive and happy and i wasn't you know who could blame me but there really was a stage of grief that uh, that article talks about, that what we're feeling is a stage of grief. And there was something in there that said, you know, we see a lot of shaming right now of people doing things of like, you're not supposed to be out. So I'm sure. calling the police right. or like, you know, <laughs> you're yes. not social distancing. And there was a line in that article that said, um, don't worry about the things that you can't control. And there was another line that said, um, your worst fears You've you've thought about the worst things that are going to happen. They have not happened yet and probably won't happen. So we tend to go to a place that will not happen, you know, and things may get bad. They may get worse. 
And I really merged those two together and was like, you know, you're right. Like, I can't worry about the things I can't control. I don't know what this means for, you know, my own personal job. I don't know what it means for my wife. But right now I have a house, I've got food on the table and we have a business that we have to run. So let's focus on that. And we're doing that. And I think we're, and I'm probably more connected. I feel more connected than ever because people are calling for advice because, you know, their spouse got laid off. That wouldn't be a conversation that we would have in the office under, you know, normal times, but, you know, reaching out through social channels, um, you know, I think putting myself out there more like the picture I just shared, uh, in the sales chat of my wife, I don't think anyone's ever seen my wife before. Um, but you know, trying to be that beacon of like, it's going to be okay because I truly think it is going to be okay. doesn't mean it's not going to get worse before it gets better. Um, or that we won't have challenges along the way, but I'm very confident that we'll come out of this in a good place. Um, and just trying to stay positive on that message that, you know, at the end of the day, I think regardless of what happens, we're going to be okay. And so people are listening and they are probably in a, in a couple, st- a, they're probably in a couple stages of, of grief and B, they're probably working for a, a couple different types of organizations for mm-hmm. like, what advice would you give leaders to get better connected in this time mm-hmm. where people probably need it? And, and I guess specifically to your point about people sharing things they would never share with you in any other circumstance. Yeah. What's a, what's a way that an organization, the, you know, the leader of the HR, the leader of the whole company can kind of get there almost faster, right? So they can start to ask those questions and go, when I ask you how you are, I, I mean it. I don't mean say good. Yeah. I mean, tell me what the hell is going on. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think you as a leader have to put yourself out there. Um, and I think, a great example is the daily call that we're doing via video is you have to allow people to see your true personality and connect with that. And then you have to follow up with those individuals. So one thing that we're urging our leaders to do is to contact every single employee through one touch point, whether it's a video chat, uh, a text message, a team's message, or um, maybe you've heard of this, a telephone and actually calling somebody (laughs) on that telephone. And so we're, and this was the leadership's idea and, you know, and everything flows from the top down, right? Like we take our cues from our leaders and leaders are realizing I've got to get in front of these people. I've got to let them know that a, we're going to be okay. And B, I really want them to be okay, um, regardless of what happens. And I think that's what leaders need to do is, put themselves out there, but also go the extra step of not just asking, Hey, is everyone okay? Let me know if you're not. It's like, no, Eric, I have to call you. I have to have a human conversation with you. I've got to ask about your wife and kids because I truly do care. I want to know what's going on. Um, And I think if leaders spend that extra time and we do have extra time on our schedules now, that's the beautiful part of working from home. We get to dictate how work gets done more so than we ever could in an office. Sure. Uh, And I see it from our leadership of you know, I, I popped into a discussion with um, our content team where we just talked about mental health and, you know, scientifically proven ways to improve your mental health. One of them being fitness. Um, you know, we talked a lot about that. We got people's exercise routines. We I shared a personal story about my own uh, battles with mental health and seeing a therapist and the positive effects. 
I never would have told anyone about that two years ago. But as a leader, I think you have to be willing to put yourself out there um, and make those personal connections. And then you see people gravitate towards that. And once they do, then you follow up with uh, a real conversation, not just, hey, what's up? How you doing? OK, yeah. cool. Let's right. get going. You know, right. and I think um, those real conversations, they're very difficult, but leaders are more capable than anyone to have them. You know, they got to a leadership spot because of their social abilities in most instances. So they kind of have to remember um, the networking, the rapport building that they did to get to their position and utilize them um, for not nefarious reasons, but for sincere reasons. And, you know, I think in a, a time of crisis, you see people's true colors come out. And I think, you know, I, we've got 15 examples in our company of, you know, the great things that people are doing inside our company. And you're like, wow, like that is truly a great person. Um, and I think other organizations have similar things. And hopefully it's being driven from the top. Yeah. And I don't remember who this quote is attributed to, but I, I've been, it's kind of been rolling in my head since we kind of started this is that, you know, crisis doesn't build character, it exposes it, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, and, and you're, I think you're seeing that in, in many, at least in our organization, in many excellent ways. But the reason I wanted to spend a couple of minutes talking to you is because I'm sure that there are places where that is not happening, right? Where they're, they're coming to work every day and they're not sure if they're going to be here. Um, and that, I think that's a reality that we're all facing, right? As this yeah. goes longer and deeper into the, <laughs> to use your analogy, right? Darker and deeper into the, into the darkness. Um, but I think one of the things that is at least helpful for me is those touch points on a daily basis to say, you said two things like, um, you know, how are you for real? Right. And we're going to, yeah. we're going to get through this and this is how, but there's a third option that I think you can also lead through, which is, I'm not sure we're going to get through this, mm -hmm. but we're going to fight until we are, you know, we're out of whatever your ammunition is, right. Content, yeah. towel, right. Whatever that is. Um, and I, I love your thought on, on kind of like how to manage that third one. Yeah, uh, I think you've seen it from us. Um, I, and I'll give you examples of other companies that I've been dealing with. Um, companies have gone into a communication void, right? Because they don't know what to communicate. So they're not communicating because you don't want to say the wrong thing. And I think what we've tried to do is have more communication of, and I think you've even seen it from our senior leaderships at the very top, um, that message they sent out the other day that was an email titled, are you okay? You know, from the two top people and yep. with some sincere links in there, um, we don't have the answers. And I think, and we're not shying away from that. So you don't have to have the plan. I think everyone's looking for the vision of what is your strategic plan to get through this? And the plan is survival, you know, yeah, survival yes. of getting through this. Yeah. And when we get to the other side, we will build it back up and we will come up with the plan. But right now it is bare bones, bare knuckled. Let's fight until the end. Let's figure this out. And I call it, um, I think it's a Navy SEAL term, embracing the suck, right? Yep. You know, like we have to embrace it. And I, you see it with the positivity on these calls of like, all right, I never thought that I would be calling, you know, a landscaper for a $500 buy, but that's what we need this month. We're so close. You know, we've got to get to goal. I've yep. got to make commissions and, you know, we've got to keep the journalism and uh, going as well. And so, um, you know, I, I think companies that 
go into this communication void because they don't want to say the wrong thing, you're doing a disservice because people don't necessarily need the full plan, but they just need something. They need to hear from you. They need to understand that you are working on it. You know, it's kind of like when you get an email and you send it to somebody of like, Hey, um, I'm looking for X, Y, and Z and they're working on it behind the scenes, but you don't know that. So you're over there panicked. Like, did you get my email? Do I need to follow up with a text? That's, you know, the simplicity of what we're dealing with is you need to communicate that hear you. I got it. We're working on it. Um, don't have the answers. I don't know what three weeks is going to look like from now. Um, you know, everything is, uh, changing so rapidly. Uh, you know, I think we're all drinking from a fire hose. And so, I think we just have to communicate and saying, I don't know, is okay, probably for the first time in a long time that um, we don't have the answers, but we're sure as hell trying. You know, I can tell you that we're figuring it out. Uh, And I I look at it from a business standpoint, look at how businesses have rapidly changed their business plans in two weeks. You know, restaurants um, changing their catering patterns of how they're preparing meals. Uh, we've upended everything and we're not immune from that, but we're talking about that and asking for ideas. And I think individual input is now more important than it's ever been. So uh, let's shift gears a little bit in the last couple of minutes that we've got left. What are you, uh, what are you reading or watching that you're enjoying right now? Um, so we are, I think like everyone in America, um, here it comes. The, uh, the, the, the tiger guy from Oklahoma. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, they're just the, the first episode in, um, if you're not captured by that, I just don't know any other series that, uh, if you can't get drawn in by that first episode, then I don't know if you can get caught into yes, anything. Right. Uh, yeah. Have you finished it yet? No, no, we're on episode three. So we are, um, but it's just like every episode is, it takes you down a, a darker path that you didn't think was possible um yeah and you know i've been I've, but, we've obviously everyone's been talking about this and i'm always mesmerized by people who create documentaries that start on like a five-year journey right like that yeah. whole thing started about a totally different story and becomes this crazy thing right yeah uh he just uh he just amazes me that guy joe exotic that <laughs> he just everything he does uh, just amazes me um and then for a fun thing like our you know you have those go-to series that you just put on when you can't find anything else yeah um you know we rotate between the office parks and rec but uh schitt's creek has really become a go-to for us um and then a book that i'm reading uh is more timely than ever is uh i started it before all this but malcolm gladwell's the tipping point yep uh, which is very interesting because a part of it talks about uh, our memories and how we retain information for significant events. So an example being 9-11, we all have this memory of 9-11 that we think happened and how we responded and what happened throughout that day. And they interview people year after year and the story changes. So uh, it talks a lot about how you store your memories and then how you utilize that information and how those memories are not really memories, but a story that is now stored in your head that you use, but is not necessarily exactly what happened so um which is kind of timely because of everything that's going on i'm i'm trying to remember this you know for the historical purposes because you know i hate the word unprecedented i've been uh, trying to find a completely different word because we use it so much but this really is going to be a time that we talk to our grandkids about and yep. how we responded and what we did um because i talked to some grandparents and 
they don't remember anything like this. And so we're just in this crazy time. Um, and I want to remember it and remember the actions we took and also remember um, how people responded positively, you know, like, um, you know, people on this podcast may not know Jamie Dion, but the things that she is doing for her community, her, her coworkers, uh, her family are just extraordinary. And, you know, it, it, like you said, character is shown through this and her character is shining through. And we're seeing so much of that personally and professionally and in our families. And I think I want to remember that time correctly. <laughs> Absolutely. So. Absolutely. Well, dude, thank you for the, the couple minutes you had. I'll let you get back to um, saving the world. Yeah. One HR. Appreciate it. I was, I was going to, we just started riffing, but I just, you know, was going to start since you were a former radio guy as I was just going to say, you know, a uh, long time listener, first time caller. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for that, my friend. So I appreciate it. Uh, appreciate everything you're doing. Uh, your podcasts have been great. Um, and obviously you can tell by my eye level, I've taken advice from you. Uh, so your creativity in all of this is is pretty amazing. So just keep doing you and keep doing the great things and appreciate you uh, having me on. Thanks, buddy. Be well. All right. Talk to you later. See ya.